The following podcast discusses alternative sexual practices in loving and detailed terms, and as such may not be appropriate for young children, those who lack a sense of humor, or anyone who was recently appointed to be press secretary of the Trump administration. Listener discretion is advised. A podcast of wholesome kink and perverted knitting. I'm Sarah Kane. I'm Lansing Mike. And I'm hot. <laughs> it's hot today. Yes, it's a very hot weekend. And... and because we care about the sound quality here, you won't hear fans or AC or anything like that in the background. We suffer for your enjoyment. If we just found a different spot, we could not suffer, but yeah, well, we're, we're suffering for our own convenience also. Uh, that too. Yeah, no, I'm sure that, yeah, I could pay good money and rent a nice quality sound studio. No, I mean, uh, it's, uh, I mean, it's not, you don't have to go that far. We could just find a place that has AC and like my work or just some other spot. So, you well, know, we I mean, have but, AC that, here, but it's loud. Okay. <laughs> Some other spot that has AC that's not going to be intrusive, um, which exists and they're not that hard to find, but I mean, it's just, we're creatures of habit and it's easier to be here. Uh, yeah, plus, well. Also, anyway. you'd probably have a hard time getting around right now because you've had a... A, a, a kink-based injury. <laughs> yes. Kink adjacent. Well, yeah. Yeah, kink, kink adjacent. Because I think kink-based would be like you're in the throes of something and it's like, whoa, went too far. No. Something happened. And this was just... Sound like kink prep. Yeah, yes, this was a kink prep entry. But very quickly before I get to that, um, this podcast is currently hosted by SoundCloud. And there are rumors floating around that SoundCloud only has about 90 days worth of cash on hand. Um, and everybody's in a panic, in a tizzy uh, about it. I am not panicking. I have found an alternative. Um, thing is, I may have to completely rebuild things on iTunes, and it may it may end up looking like we are a new podcast. Mm-hmm. If that happens, I will announce it on our Twitter. If you don't have Twitter and you want to be notified if this should happen, Please email harryprone at gmail.com so that we have a way to contact you. Your email address will not be sold to anybody. This list will only be used to keep in touch with you guys should something odd happen to the podcast. However, if it works out the way I hope it does, well, A, I hope SoundCloud keeps going because I'm happy to keep giving them my money and my business. But hopefully if they are shutting down, they do give at least two weeks notice of that. And that's how long they recommend you put an RSS forwarder on your feed. Because that's how it would work. I would, on the SoundCloud feed, I would put a redirect link to the new host. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we'll be able to do that at least. But just in case, please either follow at HarryProneComp on the Twitters um, or make sure that we have your email address. Because uh, we don't want to lose any of our listeners we appreciate all of you, and it's hard enough to build up as it is. We don't want to lose anybody for something like that. Okay, so my back injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I pinched a nerve in my lower back. I did this, I think, when I was cleaning myself out with the shower shot for a hot date. Mm-hmm. I think I leaned a little weird um, to, cool. to get things in. Um, it didn't hurt right away, but yeah, by the time I arrived at his place, um, yeah, I was feeling it. And feeling he, enough to interrupt the, the, the date or not enough to interrupt the date, but we ended up being less athletic uh-huh. at it, uh, than we had planned. Uh-huh. So 
Uh, it was a lot of kissing and touching and rubbing and rimming. Um, he is as much of a rim pig as I am, but he doesn't have a rim seat. And I need to get one of those once I have some extra money. He said he needs to get one of those. And lots of really intense uh, nipple play. Mm -hmm. This is the gentleman... Might have to add that because that might be too much information to identify because there's a lot of people okay. who witness that. Well, oh, <laughs> all right, all right. Well, yeah. I, I may, true, because I, I have not gotten his full permission yeah. uh, to, to talk about it. I tell him, hey, listen to the podcast. <laughs> um, okay, so that 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 will get beeped out, mm -hmm. but you, you know who I'm talking yes. about now. Um, and so, yeah, he... And he is especially a fan of rimming hairy butts. Oh, good. Um, and he wants to... But being I, the possessor of a hairy <laughs> butt, yay. That would be, you know, it's always nice to know that, you know, my butt could be in demand. Yes. And, and you do have a rather nice ass. Um, I did invite him Thank to... you. I will say thank you because I need to take compliments <laughs> well. Because that's... That's something I, uh, I don't do, and I, it pisses me off when other people don't. And I realize, wait, I do the same thing. Because I hear something, I'm like, and it's not that I don't agree, but we're all trained to be humble, so you can't, you know, it's like, oh, can't accept a compliment, and you'll be too proud. It's like, fuck that, you know? Like, I love it when um, there's those things online where some man will, you know, say to a woman, it's like, oh, you're really hot, and she'll be like, I know. And then he's like, oh, don't get too hot, you know, don't get too full of yourself. And it's like, wait a minute. She simply accepted your compliment and agreed with you that she's hot. It shows lots of layers, and then it happens, you know, I think in the gay world, too. But, uh, yeah, it's like, I realize you do accept compliments, and because when someone gives one, they're being honest. And I've, mm -hmm. I've noticed that when I've given a compliment and someone's not accepted it, like, oh, no, it's like, well, what are you... Well, say, do we have a leak? <laughs> we we have a leak in the ice pack. I'm like, oh dear. Wait, wait like, why a minute. is my that, ass getting wet? Yes, my my ass was feeling unpleasantly damp. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the uh, ice pack will. Uh, <laughs> oh, don't mind my balls. Uh, we'll have to. Uh, uh, I'll have to. That's suffer why you without have towels it. on chairs. Um, yes. Uh, so yeah, no. The uh, so yeah, accepting compliments is a. Uh, a thing because when you don't accept it, you're basically telling the person who gave it to you that I either think you're lying or I think your judgment is, and that's just rude. Yeah, <laughs> and I've explained that to people who like they don't they don't want to be rude to other people. They just think it's a matter of like, well, I you know want to be humble, but it's like yeah, humility. Your humility is possibly hurting someone else's feelings. So really think about that. Yes. Uh, two other things I wanted to mention about uh, yesterday. I invited him. To DBC. Okay, cool. He is interested but can't make it because he's going to be at uh, Camp It okay. that weekend. And I probably also will be somewhere else that weekend. I have two separate events that I have to decide which one. Uh, they're both going to be fun events, but one's being kinky with, you know, a mostly straight crowd of, but technically runners, so there's some interesting bodies there, and the others uh, also kinky people, and bears, of which I am, but it's good, it's like, yeah, be with, you know, people who I, you know, probably find me more attractive, mm -hmm. or be with people who just be more fun for me to watch, maybe. <laughs> there's also a lot of the bears I would see um, are ones I've already seen, or have chances of seeing in the future, very casually, and this is an event that doesn't happen that often. Um, but it's also people I don't know as well, so my comfort levels, I'll have to figure out, because yes, I, you know, one of those two, or if all, both sets of those plans fall through, yes, then, then I'll be at DBC, but. Okay, well. But yeah, it's a very busy weekend, and yeah. DBC's third only because it's something I regularly go to, and I know what to expect, and something I know I'm going to go to in the future a lot. Right, we, we know that DBC will be there, it's mm. a monthly thing, but. Yeah, the you know, like you said, the runners thing doesn't happen that often. Yeah, once and, every few years. It's it, right. not the most organized. And the camp it is, is once a year. Yeah. For for the bear weekend. So yeah. I um, think they might do a couple, but this I think the last one this year maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I I've been so bad about organizing the summer. <laughs> I like I need to plan out this summer and it's already end of July. I'm like, uh, there's uh, no much what, summer left. What happened to this summer? Technically there's one month of summer left. I, I picture I count September as fall. Yeah. It I, just falls into a nice pattern. It's like three months of each season. 
So June, July, August is summer. And September, October, November is fall. Yeah, no, I, I can't do it that way because of how the cycles work at work. So Fuck I'm, work. It doesn't get to intrude on my actual <laughs> personal life that way. It's like I will divide the year as I see fit. <laughs> uh, but also I uh, suggested that my date and Sling Bear should meet up oh. uh, because they have compatible kinks and yeah and he he said yes absolutely <laughs> so yeah uh so might be able to get him to number six dungeon mm-hmm. um which we attended uh last week yes uh number and, six well yes yeah number six, six now something new uh, but it, we, yeah get, you know gath- gathering for preverts perverts and postverts it so will always longer, be number, number six. six like for to, me yeah it will always be pine knob it's the DTE yes. uh, performance center or performance space. No, it, it will it, always it's be Pine, Pine Knob. Knob. Yeah, and it will always be Sears Tower in oh, Chicago. Yes, yeah. was it now the Willis Tower? Something like that. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, Sears is no longer uh, <laughs> no longer owns it, so it's no longer the Sears Tower. Um, but yeah, uh, number six had some new people yes. there, uh, which was. Um, good to see. Uh, always nice to have new flesh. Oh yeah, I mean it was three. Yeah, like at least three new people mm-hmm. who hadn't been there before. Uh, two are new to the area, and one was just visiting. But they're all again, like I said, the 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 charm of the new for me. It's like oh, someone new I haven't seen naked yet or done stuff with. So that's always attractive on some level. And it's like yeah, they were and they were all game to uh, do stuff, and that mm-hmm. was quite nice. It was uh, we had a lot of fun. We, uh, yes, we did. A, a lot of fun was had in the basement. Um, uh, a nice rope scene. Two nice rope scenes, actually. I'm trying to remember which which ones. I'm, I remember the one in the barber chair. Right, and then he showed you how to do oh. the the clover leaf, like a corset. Yeah. Yes. The the yeah the the clover not really corset but body harness is yeah. is what he called it. Oh yeah. Um, oh you see yeah it's funny I didn't consider that a scene just because it was like oh here I'm just gonna put this on you and fun happened afterwards but it was just it, that wasn't the focus it wasn't like we've done this cool it, thing it was to more show fashion than bondage yeah. well an instruction yeah um, the the person who I think it's one he's developed himself uh, was showing... no it was the other one it, it was the corset that was used on oh, the no. gentleman in the barber chair that... I thought that was the one he made himself yes that that was the one he developed oh, okay. and, and he showed me the basics of how to do that one but so then the other one oh the one was uh, from two naughty boys right with their body harness yes, yes. Part. okay yeah a few new guys one of them had just this wonderful big uncut cock um that was really nice and then a couple um came along um one of whom reminded me of a celebrity whose name i can't remember but i can see his face i i don't think that he is that celebrity he just looks like him um yeah yeah you're talking about you because you mentioned the celebrity and it's like some it's not like super famous. It's like regionally famous. Yeah, re- regionally famous, uh, but yeah, has appeared in a few bit parts on TV, and I can't remember the guy's name. Um, he reminds. He looks like someone I know, like someone else I know who also goes to uh, many events. So it was just like, oh, very similar face. I mean, you know, humans limited gene pool. Yes, there's similarities. So yeah, his face reminded me of. Um, another guest who I think I see at events. And I was like, oh, okay, but but different. Uh, right. So, because I'm a rim pig, I asked him, do you like to get rimmed? He said, yes, I do. And so I set up the rim chair, and he happily squirmed on my face for a while. Um, and then his partner decided to get on the rim chair. I don't think it's been, well... I don't think he's been rimmed on a rim chair before. He has, yeah, that, that's what he said, that he had not been rimmed on a rim chair before. Because he had quite the reaction. Yeah, you'd think that my tongue was connected to an electric line. I was thinking more like ice cold. It was <laughs> one of those things where he's like, you started, he just was like, oh my God, and you jumped up, and it was like, oh. Yeah, and, and from underneath, I'm like, what the, what in the world? <laughs> I, I know I'm good, but... I ain't that good. <laughs> I don't think I am, but, um, but yeah. I mean, it, even after he 
you know, spiked up, I mean, he was willing to sit back down and then get spiked up a couple more times before I was like, I Maybe guess very... I'm too sensitive down there. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was, it was a good, just a good general scene of just groping and what you'd expect to see in like, you know, back room of a bar where, you know, yeah. people just get down and, I mean, in the way we had the, the, the rope work, but that was, you know, most of it was just groping and just kind of things you could do like low equipment low technique yeah. kind of st- not low technique but just yeah a lot of groping and just kind of lots of bodies yes lot, lots of wonderful bodies and yet you got fully naked and you it's just some more plight to do because yeah. everyone else was and it's like it's one of those things like okay when you have a crowd of people kind of watching and you know just watching and enjoying mm-hmm. the show and our clothes around the edges and then some people doing stuff. Well, that's one thing. But then when you are actually actively involved and everyone else is naked, yeah, it would be kind of weird not to be. It's kind of like the porn where some guy keeps on his shirt. It's like, okay, why is that? <laughs> I, I think some reasons or maybe some are just like, okay, I don't feel like I didn't do pecs enough last week, so they're saggy, so I can't let that be seen. I think other times it's like, well, we all look the same because we're all shaved, blonde, you know, skinny boys. I'm keeping my shirt on so that the audience can know the difference between us. <laughs> yeah, no, what what grinds my gears in porn is when they leave their socks on. I'm like, uh, un, unless that is the focus of the porn, that, you know, it's foot yeah. and sock worship. I'm like, take your bloody socks off. Oh. As long as the studio is clean and basically, because that throws me off as when I just see like the dirty bottoms of feet. I mean, it's very realistic, but it's like just throw, throws me out of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's like, can you have at least, you know, wash the bottoms of their feet before you get to this point? I mean, and then socks too would be, but I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's like, it seems like I see more dirty bare feet than dirty socks. Possibly because if they've been walking around the studio in dirty socks, they're probably yelled at, get those off before you start fucking. Whereas dirty feet is like, unless they have someone on set, the fluffer and the foot washer. Well, I mean, most of the pornos I enjoy, they don't seem to be filmed on a set, rather filmed in hotel rooms. So mm-hmm. one, one would hope that the hotel room carpet is yeah. semi-clean. At least clean enough that it won't turn the bottom of, of your feet black. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be nice. Oh, um, one other thing about uh, the gentleman from this week. Um, he has experience with the local, quote, bathhouse uh, okay. taboo. Okay. Um, so we had talked about that in previous episodes, how we both kind of wanted to go, but we kind of wanted to have a, a guide mm-hmm. to it. Um, so, yeah, he may be able to assist one or both of us okay. with that. Um so, yeah, he said it's usually either drunk married men mm-hmm. or really old guys. Hmm. So, mm, Neither two demographics I'm super into. Actually, being really, being really old doesn't mean you're not hot. And right. Being drunk and married doesn't mean you're not hot. But, yeah, I'm more turned off by the drunk marrieds because they're probably cheating. Well, I... They have a higher chance of cheating and also drunk. It's like, oh, if you have to be drunk to have fun, it's like, I don't, you're not making me feel welcome. And I don't know how often it happens, but apparently women are allowed in there as well. I think I've I've seen that. I've seen couples talking about going and... Yeah. It's one of those things, yeah. Like I said, if if your kink is, you know, you and your, you know, uh, partner being watched there's not a lot of venues for straight couples to kind of do that and uh you know a sex place you know sex back room sex club is kind of one because you know probably at most true gay bars no they wouldn't be welcome to right. do that and but we don't have a lot of those in lansing mm. with back rooms you know no we really don't no. we should <laughs> would be nice but uh michigan liquor control would probably get all up on them well and also i it's funny just uh i like this is like taboo it's like i don't know it there's a weird you know like the people i know who i know some people who go to taboo but they never will let anyone know that they go it's like but it's right here you know um again it's uh the i'd say hypocrites it's like Mm -hmm. uh because yeah because these people i do hear talking about other people you know sexual habits and oh well you know what he's into and oh that's just weird it's like and you guys go to you know 
basically a sex room to have fun. And it's like, yeah. It, yeah. Either embrace it all or don't do it. <laughs> yeah. So l- listeners look forward to uh, a review of Taboo in the coming months, let's mm-hmm. say. Yeah. It, Probably be a while before we'll be able to. I still, you know, from the descriptions, it just doesn't sound have a lot of appeal to me. I uh, I might I might still go just to see what it's like, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, as long as it's less skeezy than the skeezy bathhouse in Detroit, hmm. I, I can probably make my own fun. Um, well, I think the other thing too is if you take people with you, if you're like. If what you want to do is kind of do a public scene, mm-hmm. and I've talked to some people about that, they're like they like the idea of going somewhere and doing stuff, but they want others to be watching, or at least the potential for others, to, like strangers, to be watching. And I've always suggested, well, then uh, number six or uh, DBC, DBC would yeah. be, but that happens frequently. Yeah, I just realized, well, taboo. I mean, you go there, you pay your cover, go in, have some fun while others are watching, and you know you. Right, uh, don't, you know, you don't. You're, you're, the level of your attraction for your audience doesn't have to be as high as your level of attraction for your partners. True, but you know, one of the nice things about DBC and Number Six is that they have all sorts of equipment mm-hmm. there. I don't know what the equipment is like at Taboo. I I've heard stories, but this is so long ago, yeah. and also at least one or two managers ago, I don't know what was put into it. And so, yeah. if it's still going and it's still making money, then I imagine they, you know, hopefully it's improving. Yeah, I, what I heard from my date stories is there's at least a sling there. So, um, where, yeah, the one guy was fucking his wife, my date was eating his ass, the guy finished, and then ate the sperm out of the wife. Oh. Hey, I'm like, did, did you have fun? He was like, surprisingly, yes, I did. <laughs> so, hey, um, that's cool. Well, moving on. On, mm-hmm. we got some letters. We, we actually got a couple of letters. Mm-hmm. First one, hey Arcane and Mike, thanks for the gossip. It was great to know that Mike is finally getting laid. Seems like it's been a hot minute since it happened so spontaneously. Always happy to hear what y'all are up to. So, sounding, I am legit terrified and mildly intrigued, which to my mind, says you should absolutely do it. Um, I had a UTI a few years back. The pain was unending and horrible. I'm still kind of emotionally messed up because that mess hurt. Is the burning, searing, screaming pain what happens with sounding? Where it's like you didn't finish peeing even though you've pressed all of it out that you can. Uh, No, not exactly. Um, Also, what are the actual risks? If you are using a good bit of lube and go slow, start small, is there still a risk of tearing the urethra? Haven't done it, nor have I looked into it, but I am certainly curious. P.S. Please don't read out my name on the podcast. X's and O's. Cool. Well, thank you very much. Yes, thank you. Um, uh, so I got no names. So, uh, No, sounding does not feel like a UTI thing. Thankfully, um, it, it, yeah, sounding is a very interesting sensation. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it feels like a bit of a stretch. It really, it, it's, you know, different stimulation for the dick. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can feel it, especially at the end. And I like it with the curved sounds, Mm -hmm. and we'll get into that. Um, because those can actually touch and stimulate your prostate. Okay. And so that feels like you're getting your prostate rubbed. And so instead of having it rubbed through the ass, you're getting it rubbed through the dick. And it feels just as good. Mm-hmm. Um, so sounding uh, our topic for the expert portion of the week. Uh, at yeah. least for the letter. Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, for the letter. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I, you forwarded that to me, and I was uh-huh. like, what do you mean finally getting laid? It's like, <laughs> I, I get laid. Uh, I get laid about the level I want to get laid at. Um, I just, it's not as frequently as, well, definitely not as frequently as you get laid, but it's, it's enough for me. If I was feeling that I wasn't getting enough, I'd be out there more. And I'm not, because life is busy, and it's like, okay, there's only so much time. Um, but thank you. Yeah, it's like, do I come off as the fact that I'm just not 
nothing ever happens. I don't know how often I mention it unless it's something kink related. In this case, it was, yeah, kink related because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, my friend was like, there's several kinks he's curious about, so we kind of talked about them. Uh, but no, I'm, don't worry, I'm pretty much getting as much action as I really want. <laughs> All right. Well, that, that, but thank that's... you for your concern, and, th- <laughs> and thank you for your praise about, you know, me right. getting some spontaneous action. Yes, and... And, and also, I'm not a fan of spontaneous action. Um, I like planning. I like the idea of building up to something, getting to know someone, and, you know, it's, oh, yeah, it's fun when a stranger shows you interest at an event and you kind of make out, but, you know, it's like that spontaneous action of someone saying hey to you on Grinder and then it leading to something. I've done that many times, and it's, well, a handful of times. And, yeah, it might have been fun at the time, but it's just not that satisfying. But chatting someone up and getting to know them, and then something happening is like, hey, yes, that can be great fun. That's more fun. Okay. But sounding. Sounding and sounding basics. Um, so I have seen videos of guys sticking all sorts of things up their dicks. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not recommend that for beginners. Um, so the, the guidelines that I give to beginners... Um, Get yourself some actual medical sounds. Mm. Sounds started life as medical devices um, to treat the scarring caused by gonorrhea and chlamydia. And the process was the urologist would insert the sound and then strike a rather large tuning fork Mm -hmm. and then apply that to the external end of the sound to to vibrate it and break up any strictures um, in the urethra. Fortunately, these days, we have antibiotics. Unfortunately, uh, one of the two, gonorrhea or chlamydia, I think it's chlamydia, uh, has become, the World Health Organization has found instances of it in the world that has been resistant to everything. So that might be coming back into. But they also I heard a report where they discovered that a vaccine for something else has some favorable uh, efficiency on gonorrhea. Also, I had heard that. Uh, also, with the caveat that practical use of that is five to ten years out. So, but but you know yeah. we we shouldn't just give the doom and gloom and sound erotophobic without also giving the hope. <laughs> okay, true, fair enough. So. Um, as, as the letter writer said, urinary tract infections can be nasty and unpleasant. And, and it would be horrible to have experienced it directly as a result of some fun, because that might, in your mind, you're, you're, you know, when you get sick on something that tasted good, suddenly it's like, oh, this doesn't taste good anymore. It'd be a shame to do something fun and kinky, and then, oh, I only associate this with horrible, horrible pain. Uh, which is why I can no longer eat strawberry jam. Well, uh, I have but, a coworker who can't deal with tater tots for the same reason. Yeah. Um, so, A, get yourself a real set of sounds. Um, they are available on Amazon for about $35. Mm. Look up urethral sounds. If you just look up sounds, you're going to get shunted to their music department, and that's not what you want. There are two different types of sounds, but you may end up seeing a third type. Um, They have names after the doctors who created them, which are slipping my mind at the moment, Mm -hmm. but basically you have ones that are straight Mm -hmm. and then ones that have a single curve in them and are longer. Okay, So those are both urethral sounds designed for the penis. Mm -hmm. You may also see something that is sold as sounds, but are double-ended Mm-hmm. and hollow, and they'll have a minor curve to them. Those I don't recommend because they were not they are not designed for the penis. Those are actually cervical dilators, okay? okay? And those start m- larger and can go much larger. I mean, the cervix can dilate to a full 10 centimeters mm-hmm. across, which, uh, yeah, no, the, the penis can't quite do that. Um, Sounds are measured in units FR, French, and that is millimeters of diameter. So 
because the because sounds are designed were designed back in the day to break up these strictures, you can get very very small sounds, um, which I don't recommend. You know, with anal play, the general recommendation is start as small as possible and work your way up. Mm-hmm. Right? Not so much for sounding, just because, again, it, it can be so small, and yeah, those. Very small ones can be very pokey mm-hmm. or scrape, and yeah, that is well. You know, like you know, you want to start small anally. You wouldn't start with a knitting needle per se. Uh, no, there are much better yes. uses for, yes. for knitting. Needles. Oh, so like you said, yeah, with the sounding, it sounds like it's a grade smaller than anything you'd put in your ass. So yeah, you don't want to go too small, right? Um, my general recommendation for beginners, um, of course, every dick is different. Um, but the general recommendation for a full-size adult male is to start at about a 15 French and work your way up or down from there. When you buy your sounds from Amazon, you will also want to buy packets of sterile water-based lubricant. Odds are very good it'll come up as one of the recommended purchases. Okay. Um, People who bought this also, also bought, bought yes, bought sterile lube. I have a a box of I think 144 packets of sterile lube that I save for sounding. Um, I imagine all lube is sterile when it's sealed, but when it's a bigger bottle, once you popped it, you know it's no longer sterile. Or, it, or it's or not has it, a chance of not being completely sterile. Yeah, I mean, so the individual packets are. Nice, because they've never been opened. Right. So. I mean, they do sell larger tubes of sterile lubricant. Mm-hmm. Um, those I don't recommend because, yeah, once you open it, it's no longer a sterile field. So mm-hmm. that's why I prefer the small uh, rip them open packages. Other purchase you will want to have, um, again, to sterilize is a pressure cooker. Mm-hmm. That will get your sounds sterile um you set it read the instructions for your pressure cooker see how how much um, pressure you can give it and put it up to that pressure and leave it there for an hour and that will be enough time heat and temperature time temperature and pressure to kill anything now again those won't stay sterile for very long so you want to do that just before you start playing. Well, not just before, because you want them to cool off too, but you can leave them in the pressure cooker and they'll stay sterile when they're sealed. But you know, once you crack it, then that's when you'll want to start playing. You need your dick to be soft at the beginning, especially if you're using the curve sound, because um, otherwise, yes, that will hurt. And you shouldn't have to push the sound should go in fully of its own weight. Mm -hmm. Um, What you may, if you're using one of the curved sounds and you're looking to get that full depth into the prostate, what you may need to do is, um, because generally I do it laying on my back. So you've got it and you've got your dick facing your face Mm -hmm. and you're inserted. And then if you just, you take your dick, once you've got the sound almost all the way in, and then you basically tilt it down towards your feet, mm-hmm. and that will allow the curve to progress within your natural curves. And um, if your body is being cooperative that day, the sound will pass into and through your prostate and may actually reach your bladder. Mm. You'll know that it's, um, that it's at that sphincter because it will really, really feel like you have to pee. Uh, and then you just relax that, and then the sound will go in, and yeah, then it's in your bladder. Now, at the non-inserted end of the sound, is there something to keep it from going in too far? Yes, the non-inserted end of the sound is stamped flat. Okay. And is stamped flat at 90 degrees to the curve, mm-hmm. and therefore would be stamped flat, and then be much, you know, would be cross of the opening of the urethra mm-hmm. so yeah well, it, i mean but urethras are still you know just because there's different sizes 
different stretchiness. So is it? It's not how is it wide enough that you couldn't get it up there? It, yes. It, okay. It's double. In okay. general, it's stamped double wide okay. of what the sound is. Okay. So unless, I know, like when you're playing right. with you know anal toys, you know they always like don't just go for the one that's the dick. Go for the one that's the dick and the, and balls. the balls. Yeah. So it doesn't get lost up there. And likewise, you don't want to lose something metallic up your dick. Yes, no, that that would be bad. And that's another reason why I'm not a fan of the double-ended dilators, because they don't have that stamped flat part. Okay. Um, Those, yeah, can go in completely. Now, if you are using the dilators or something improvised, and it does go in completely, the body is curved enough in there, and there's enough... It, it, you are highly unlikely to lose it if you're using so something that is deep. long enough, right? Okay. If you're sticking like ball bearings up your dick, then that would be a cause for concern. But if you're using an actual sound or even an actual dilator, it is long enough that unless you are blessed by the gods and have 18 inches of dick, you're not going to have a problem getting it back out But once you go soft. Okay. So, uh, and yeah, in general, be gentle, move slowly. Um, you are stretching a part of the body that is not used to it. Um, is it something that, uh, like you can do solo? Yes. Okay. Um, it sounds like, yeah, something you have access to and you can see and know what feels going on. So it's something if you just prepare it the right way, you can kind of do it on your own. Yep. You, you can do it on your own. Um, most sound players do play, um, solo. An- another point I want to make is when you are done, uh, and you've taken everything out and squeezed out the extra lube. Yes, it will burn the first time that, that you pee. That's going to happen. Be aware of it. Consider it payment for the pleasure that you have received but it should only burn once maybe twice if it's still burning so why is it burning is it because you have irritation that yeah just okay. the, the irritation of the urethra and the fact that you probably have not gotten all the lube out mm-hmm. stimulated and yet irritated those mucous membranes in your urethra it's going to burn the first time you pee mm-hmm. it it shouldn't have you screaming and pass out but you will know that it's happening okay. but again that should only happen once maybe twice beyond that you might have caught a bug and need to go see your doctor so yeah sounding is high level varsity level play it it takes equipment it has risks of injury and infection mm-hmm. Because um, I also imagine that the urethra is not really designed for having anything shoved up it. It's like, you know, the difference between uh, anus and vagina. Vaginas are pretty durable. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, the design is to have things shoved into them forcefully and also something very large to be passed out. Correct. Anuses, a little bit more delicate. Um, yes. Yeah, they're still you know durable in their own way, but... And but then I imagine urethras are the same. You know, it's like they're just trying to have liquid flow through them, and and to have something hard metallic shoved in is like ooh, yes. So, so be gentle, take it slow. Be gentle, take it slow. Um, I do recommend if you can find somebody to walk you through that first time. Absolutely, take advantage of it. Um, but... Now the sterilizing of it, um, Mike. What so what? The pressure cooker mm-hmm. um, sounds, you know, kind of like that's like autoclaving, right? But uh, you know, why wouldn't just being soaked in a, you know, some certain percentage uh, bleach solution or a uh, just being wiped or alcohol just being dipped in, basically setting in a you know near pure alcohol solution, would that not as thoroughly uh, clean it, them? It, it would not get them sterile. Mm-hmm. Um, which is defined as no bacteria, it will get them sanitary. Now, I'm presenting this to those who don't have experience. So I want to edge on so the side the of caution. what's the difference sanitary and sterile? Sanitary is, you know, that 
gets rid of 99% of germs. Mm-hmm. Um, sanitary, you can eat off of. Mm-hmm. Sterile, you can use in surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, um, that that's where the, the definitions are. So for somebody new, I would recommend going whole hog and sterilizing. If at that point it's your risk level, um, but yeah, especially anything chemically based, that is at the very least more likely to burn Mm -hmm. um, and be unpleasant going in or coming out. Um, You know, because with the pressure cooker, all it is is hot water Mm -hmm. and, and steam. Also sounds like cooking. You, you yeah. it sounds like a lot of fun till we get to the pressure cooker. I'm like, God, that sounds like just a fuckload of effort. It's like, okay, I'm well, I'm fundamentally lazy when it comes to like I said. I always consider myself a versatile top, meaning that hey, the feeling of something up my ass can be pleasant. I don't mind it, but I call myself more of a top because I'm just so lazy about clean getting prepping things down there for eventual action and and also now i you know I, I'm, I'm seeing you there sitting in pain and realizing there's risks to <laughs> prepping yourself and cleaning yourself for possible action um but yeah no it's I, yeah i need to go to the gym more often so i don't mm-hmm. end up back in this oh, yeah. position um but also if we were to do a sounding scene at number six dungeon mm-hmm. okay the dungeon master there has an actual autoclave and sterile bags for autoclaving. Mm-hmm. So he has a wide selection of sounds that no additional prep is needed. You just rip open the mm-hmm. package and it's uh, put the lube on it and you're good to go. Mm-hmm. So also well I imagine also it's very important that you wash your hands thoroughly. Uh, yes. Because I mean it's the hands are going to be applying the lube to the sound and then inserting it in and you know you Well, do, you, I I don't because also I don't, you can't really sterilize your hands. Well, and I never actually, the only place I touch the sound Mm -hmm. is at the end, at the non-inserted end. Mm -hmm. How do you apply the lube? You just kind of pour the lube on? Yeah, I pour pour the lube on or I have, um, if I have some uh, sterile dressing, Mm -hmm. I can squeeze the lube out onto that Mm -hmm. and then run the sound through it. But... Yeah, the the one hand should just be on the the end of the sound that's not going to be inserted, mm-hmm. and then the, then the other hand on the head of the penis, gently stretching the opening of the urethra. Okay. But yeah, not yeah. The, the only thing that actually touches the sound is the urethra itself. So yeah, because uh, I'm th- yeah, yeah, I'm just thinking sterile technique and. microbiological labs I've you know classes I had in school and it's like okay I'm just seeing so many possibilities of (laughs) even going that extreme not extreme taking those measures uh, yeah I'm thinking okay there's always potential for you know not you have to be aware you have to be safe but yeah if you're not trained in sterile technique it's it's amazing what you don't realize you're touching to what Yes. So that's, I guess the trick would be, you just have to be very aware. And, yes. And, and good luck. <laughs> and there's always a risk. I mean, with any, any activity, there's going to be some risks. And as long as you only take the consequences, in this case, might be, you might get a lot of fun out of it. But there may be an infection. Luckily, I think the infections are painful and unpleasant, but all treatable. Generally, yeah, yeah. I think most. But, uh, and I, I know of a couple of guys who have gotten um, urinary tract infections from having their dick sucked j- mm-hmm. just from oh yeah the the bacteria in the mouth or you know fucking a guy without a condom just the the mm-hmm. the fecal bacteria got up their urethra and caused an issue and it wasn't gonorrhea or chlamydia it was just non-specific urethritis mm-hmm. which was yeah unpleasant but. Uh, and so, yeah, as an additional precaution, you might want to, you know, down some uh, cranberry juice before and after um, to help flush things out. And it probably can't hurt to then, all, you know, make sure, yeah, you pee after the scene. 
Yes. You know, that's yep. nice. I mean, not just to flush out the lube nut, but to flush out Everything. any bacteria yeah. that might have been introduced. Right. Yeah. Don't don't give it time to grow. Get get yeah. it flushed out right away. Um, so yeah, that's my uh, basic 15, 15 minute spiel mm-hmm. about sounding. Um, if you have additional questions, uh, feel free to write in HarryProne at gmail dot com or tweet at us at HarryProneComp on Twitter. Um, or if you're one of the few people who know my real name and have friended me on Facebook, um, you can contact me that way as well. We received another letter. Uh, this one is entitled, Knitting Needles and Sounding? Oh. Dear Sir Arcane and Lansing Mike, interesting combination of topics. As a non-penis-having person, I don't know much about the latter being sounding, although it's one of the few kink practices I envy men, except maybe that the former should not be involved. Yeah, no, please don't go sticking a knitting needle up your dick. I mean, mostly they tend to be smooth. Um, and there's that, you know, the, the, but, but they're the, pointy. The, yeah. They're, the they're pointy, kind of pointy. Well, some are, I mean, some have a very, I mean, a quote, that's point. Yeah. Uh, I don't care. How amazing your signature needle art surgical steel DPNs are, and they are amazing. It probably isn't a good idea to stick them down your penis. Then you have an ER visit that begins with, I was knitting naked and, well, things slipped. I do, however, have many thoughts on knitting needles. One. Different needle materials will give a different gauge. So if you tend to knit at a certain gauge in nickel and you switch over to wood needles, it's worth double-checking your gauge. Two, points are important. A really splitty yarn does better with a blunt needle. Detailed lace or cable work might be faster with a super sharp point. Three, speaking of speed, uh, Addy, that's ADDI Turbos, and Knitter's Pride Nova Planta are super fast, but that also means that your work can fall off your needles. Wooden needles have a bit more grip to them. Next, that being said, some projects eat wooden needles. The socks I included in the picture ate six wooden sock needles before I switched over to metal. Knit with what you like. I love fancy knitting needles, but if you are more comfortable with needles from Michaels, cool. You're a better knitter with tools you are comfortable with. My Facebook once had a terrifyingly intense debate over circular needles versus double points, and my only thought there was there is no right answer. Love your show. The the kink and the knitting talk are both great, and the gossip reminds me of home. Mm-hmm. Your talk about Necto reminded me of my getting my first hickey in the bathroom of what was then the Nectarine Ballroom. <laughs> Gay night was called Boys Nights Out, and was on Tuesdays and Fridays. Cheers. Oh, thank you very much. All right. So, yes, moving on to crafting and uh, specifically knitting needles. Yeah, because, I mean, there's there's a wide variety of materials. I mean, mm-hmm. you can you can have plastic, you can have metal, wood. Uh, yes. They all have different, yeah, kind of tooth to them. They're kind of grippiness and... And even different metals, uh, you know, kind of a different slide. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the most important thing is, you know, if you have a project and you know what gauge, you test it out. You make a little swath, uh, knits a few rows, and just to figure out, okay, how how does this yarn interact with these needles? Because mm-hmm. then you measure it and you, you know your, your gauge. So I know that's one thing I picked up because my gauge tends to be pretty tight. And I was always told, you know, yeah, you use smooth needles because I just get so tight with my stuff. And also, I because I get so tight, I have to up up the size of the needles I'll use for a project. Mm-hmm. They'll suggest, oh, this size. Yeah, I'm probably going to go a size higher myself because I just get really tight with yeah. it. I, I knit a bit looser. Um, and because of that, I have found that I'm, I actually work best with the bamboo needles. I really like those. I, my first knitting projects were actually on plastic mm-hmm. and those are fine for learning. Um, but yeah, I didn't really care for them. Soon moved to, um, metal, probably nickel, mm. um, and have been reasonably happy with those except my favorite pair got bent and a 
nasty bend in them and I don't know how that happened mm. and so I can still use them but they feel weird in my hands uh, so yeah I have really taken a shine to the bamboo uh, knitting needles that I can pick up at Joanne in the green packages and you know that uh, yeah I'm talking about you know projects going through needles um, and the, my Doctor Who scarf I had mm -hmm. this beautiful a uh, set of circular needles that were kind of rosewood or some, there's some special wood. It looked really nice and uh, it just snapped them off. You know, I, it one snapped off at the, the base and I tried to fix it and it wouldn't fix. And that's when I found out that, oh, there's a lifetime guarantee on them. So I took, went back to the store to buy new ones and they're like, oh, the old ones broke. Well, bring them in and we'll just exchange them. And I was like, thank you, you know, sticks and strings. Yes. I don't know if that was a store thing or if it's a, the company itself who makes the needles, but I was pleasantly surprised to know that, okay, it, this didn't cost me extra to make this project. I, it, I have a friend who um, is into authentic uh, Civil War reenactment, mm -hmm. and he whittles needles out of ash wood mm. and knits socks with those. Whittle, sand, varnish, and use those to knit. And mm. yeah, it um, it, it I I admire his devotion <laughs> to uh, to authenticity. Mm -hmm. But like, wow, yeah, and just hand spun, hand dyed wool. And well, yeah. why not? I mean, yeah. I know I um, knew someone who would knit socks, mm -hmm. and her family just would always mock her for it it's like mom i can just go to the store and buy a whole pair it's like how many hours did that take for you to make you know and because you know she would use sock yarn and but it was not just the making of the socks it was also something for her to do right she'd, she'd be at a lot of events where she's just sitting there watching her grandchildren you know perform in sporting events and sundries and so having something that kept her hands busy was wonderful because she could do that and still watch the event as opposed to reading, which is the other thing she liked to do when she was sitting around. At practices, she would read because you don't need to watch your grandchildren while they're just practicing. Mm -hmm. But the event, so uh, yeah, she would make socks uh, for every member of the family. And um, you know, even though she got grief for it, it's like yeah, this is not. It's not about saving money, or you know, convenience. It's about actually making something with your own hands. Right. And in this case, it's like from bare bones. Like you've taken the base materials and you know making your own needles uh making your own yarn yeah that's oh yeah look at those, he, he, you can look at those socks and not just say i've done it i mean the only you know step that i could think of would have to go before that is you've made your own forge and forged your own knife to whittle them <laughs> yeah no but yeah he he one time he told me the name of the sheep mm-hmm that the wool came from. So <laughs> it's, a con it's, it's a nice connection to the origins of things that yes. we, we lose in this world where we're just very divorced from how things are made. It's like, Oh yeah, I want the cheapest thing possible. Yes. Give me that bag of socks from Walmart that I can get for two bucks for six pairs. And it's like, but if you knew where those are coming from and kind of the, you know, the soapbox section, if you knew right. the cost that's paying other, you know, costing other people to give you those cheap socks, right. it's like, ouch. Um, so yeah, I like the idea of being more connected to the things you do. And in the situation of, you know, uh, this person I know who made those, she's passed away now. And I bet her family is really looking at those socks that were made and they just wore as everyday socks sometimes differently, knowing mm -hmm. these were touched by someone who's no longer here it's it's an heirloom and it's like ah so i feel bad because i've never gotten through a pair of socks i've made one sock mostly mm -hmm. there's a couple mistakes and dropped stitches in it that i need to fix um and i have a bit of the cuff of the second sock but that's as far as i've gotten mm. and i don't know well i found them they're in a box um what i don't have is still the pattern anymore <laughs> it can be found and now, as for the circular needle versus uh, double-ended mm -hmm. needle debate, um, I actually ha have feel uh, have a position on on that argument. Um, right now, the the piece that I'm working on for 
uh, Michigan Humane Society mm -hmm. I'm doing on uh, circular needles just because it is so wide mm -hmm. that, that it is 20 inches wide. And I didn't have any needles that long, but double-ended ones weren't that difficult. But I did make a hat um, using circular needles, mm -hmm. and that worked perfectly well up until the point where I started doing decreases mm. to close the hat. And at that point, about partway through, I'm like, shoot, I've got to switch over to double ends um, because it, it, it just got too stretched mm. on the circular. So I, either I would have had to go sh to shorter circulars or just done it on doubles. So yeah, next time I work on a hat or probably on socks, I will probably end up doing it on um, double-ended I preferred wood and like the bamboo just because, yeah, it, it's less slippery mm -hmm. than metal. Uh, but I also realized I knit so tight and hard, I just ripped the heck out of the tips of those things. Like I, yeah. the varnish. I can see the varnish being scratched and flaking off those tips. Oh my goodness. Because I, you know, maybe that's what the writer, uh, you know, our listener mm -hmm. has why they've gone through so many. Um, maybe they just, you know, destroyed the tips with, you know, the kind of the pressure. Um, or, you know, some needles break. Yeah, yeah no, ne needles break. Um, and I, I think it's, um, you know, it's a matter of personal preference. You, like I said, um, I know I did my socks on double-ended uh, needles. Mm -hmm. um, but I know there was a class on how to make socks on the... Uh, I think two sets of uh, uh, circular needles, mm -hmm. and there's a technique for that. I never took that class because I never got through my first set of socks. But um, yeah, I like well, with all this craft stuff. The end product, I think, is the most important thing. In however you get to it, you know, there's questions of efficiency and right. you know speed. You do the right form, you tend to be faster and get through more stuff. But it depends on what you're really striving for, uh, and. You, so you find the what works best for you, and know that with each project, especially when you change types of yarn, like uh, acrylic, you know, on a smooth needle, that I think that'd be just so slippery. Mm -hmm. you know, or maybe even a chenille. I think of the yeah more slippery kinds of yarns. Um, wool, you know, if something has more teeth to it, that might be better. Uh, I have a friend; she specifically went for I think a beautiful set of wooden needles. Because she wanted to take them on flights so she could knit, you know, while flying. And mm -hmm. to have two long metal sharp things <laughs> would probably raise attention. Probably. Um, I think, you know, and I'm even wondering about the, the wooden ones because I think, well, those could I, be as if, this could be pretty effective weapons too. I actually looked up the TSA rules. Mm -hmm. Knitting needles, as long as they are less than 18 inches of any material, oh. are fine. So, okay. Yeah. Um, and I've run across a pattern for socks where you knit both of the socks at the same time. Mm -hmm. And you end up pulling one out of the other when you're done. Oh. Which sounds... Sounds interesting. Um, yeah, yeah I'll give that a try. The two varieties I heard of is whether you either start at the toe and work up to the cuff, or start, start at the cuff, the cuff and, and go down, down work to, to the, the toe. toe. Uh, the pattern I was using started at the cuff. Okay. Um, yeah, my next project I have decided um, I'm going to do the crocheted harness again. Um, I'm going to do it single crochet this time. I'm going to do it in natural fiber. Uh, and it's going to be either red or red and black. Mm. Um, so, that's, um, oh. uh, yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to doing. Uh, well, another thing with needles, I know one thing that I was seeing and eyeing, uh, there's some wonderful sets of circular needles that, though the set itself has many different linkages mm -hmm. and then many different needles, and then you can just oh, pop, them on, pop them on. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, um, that's it's nice. Um, my only trouble with that is I would be worried, you know, how well... It stays connected to the cord, you know. Mm. Yeah, also, you wouldn't want it to come apart halfway through your project. And the other trouble with it is, uh, if you do multiple projects at the same time, you suddenly realize you need, you know, to do two projects with the same needles. You're kind of stuck until you finish the one project. So if you're dedicated to doing one project at a time, that would be a great set to have. Uh, because I remember, yeah, the. Uh, I think the sets were like fifty or so, and it was like, "Ouch!" But yeah, they're they're, they're, they're not like, cheap, but no. you get a lot for them. But I, I'm kind of picturing needles with P 
people, uh, or if you're a crochet or hooks, um, being the same thing with gamers and dice. You probably, or you know, you don't have enough. No. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No matter how many needles you have, yeah. there's always other ones made of you know prettier materials or different materials, or you just sometimes feel you need a new set. Yeah, and well, well and with yard, I mean, my ex, I mean, when oh, we broke yard. up, I mean, he ended up taking a hundred pounds of yarn out of the house, and I'm like. See, I see, like, I see needles as are to dice as, say, yarn would be to actual, like, games that you buy. It's like, yeah. you know, the, yeah, it's more the material and not yeah, the tools. He, he could not, he was an avid yard sailor. Mm-hmm. And if they had any yarn at the yard sale, he bought all of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why? Well, I might need it. You might die first, too. And that's okay. Then someone else will have a wonderful surprise when that estate sale happens. Um, I do, yeah, I know, I've known some crafters who've passed away, and that's kind of an interesting little ritual, too, is their ex will just say, okay, I'm putting their yarn stash up. Uh, usually it's open to friends and saying, come and just take what you want of, you know, their yarn. Mm-hmm. It's like, these are all the things, you know, the yarns they collected never got around to. I don't use yarn. Please, I know, you know, take and enjoy and make something in their memory. Yeah, make something beautiful. And, and so that's yeah. sad, but also a, a touching thing because then, yeah, you have something of theirs that then you can make into something that will get further use. And it's like, ah, oh, uh, so, you know, yeah, so the yarn stashes, they, they will have a, a life. But, yeah, project-wise, yeah. I am, yeah, I'm, I'm not been good about making or doing yeah, anything. Ma- making progress on the, the cat pad, and, yeah, I want to, I want to get a soft, I, I'm tired of acrylic. I, I've been working with acrylic for so long, I want to get either a wool or a cotton or a cashmere, mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm willing to put up some, some good money for this to, to get some high quality yarn. Um, it's but, nice to treat yourself nice and just have nice things. It's, yeah. like, it's like, you know, splurging on the really good cuts of meat and ingredients and spices to make a really great dish in the kitchen. When, you know, yeah, you could just warmed up a can of Chef Boyardee and survive and be perfectly serviceable. But sometimes you just want the really nice thing. Yeah, some sometimes you go for the prime rib and double baked potato and brussels sprouts cooked in uh baking grease Mm -hmm. uh anyway uh so coming up next time um we're going to continue the stretching theme Mm -hmm. a bit oh that's right because your toy you have a toy i i do have a toy um, which i saw and we will it's funny because when you showed that toy off i remember uh one of the people you're showing it to was implying that oh they might like to try it i'm like no he just bought it i think he, yeah yeah no I, th- I think his ass is gets to be the first yeah. one it goes into yeah um but next next time we will talk about um fisting uh do a deep dive into that mm-hmm. and address some of the myths um that surround fisting um because yeah, you you said that you had some oh, yeah. questions, concerns about fisting. When that you, you want hear, to yeah, when you hear non-fisters talking about fisting, there's always kind of ideas that they have of it that kind of come up, and it's like okay, I kind of like to talk to someone who's a bit more in the know, and it's like okay, yeah. So if you have any uh, questions about the uh, gentle art of anal fisting, um, I wouldn't be able to speak to vaginal fisting. I have no experience in that area, but I hear there are some that there are. A few good books out there about that. Um, write in uh, at our yeah at Harry Prone Comp on Twitter or Harry Prone at gmail.com. Would be nice if those two lined up, but that wasn't a possibility. Oh darn. Um what other so that's the next topic. Uh events coming up on the horizon. Um DBC, uh, DBC. is coming up. First Friday is coming up. Or yeah, first Friday, DBC. Uh, possibly Bear Weekend at Campus. Possibly Bear or Weekend at Campus. other kinky fun that might be had with a bunch of straight runner people. Mostly straight runner people. And mostly meaning the quantity and quality of the runners. 
Yeah, Mo most of them are mostly straight. Yes. And we'll go with that. I, I can attest to this personally. <laughs> I, I, I made out with one of the mostly straight men to entice a woman to sleep with him that night. Because it's like, talking to a semi-drunk person, it's like, you know, two guys making out really turns women on. Really? Looks over at the woman who's he's been eyeing. She looks at him and is like, uh-huh. <laughs> I kissed him deeply for about a full minute, mashed out, withdrew, and she's like, that's, yeah. And they ended up in the same tent that night, so it's like, yeah. And you were happy to be the wingman. Glad to be of service. All right. <laughs> and on that note, we've run out of time again. Please send your questions, comments, show ideas, dirty pictures, or project photos to harryprone at gmail.com or tweet at us. We are at harryprone.com. Our theme music is Hotspot by Aux, used under the Creative Commons Attribution License. Thanks so much for listening. We are your hosts, Sir Arcane. And Lance and Mike. Wishing you peace, love, and perversion. Good night. Good night.